We often act as if we're immortal when it comes to our goals and desires, but we act like we're mortal when it comes to our fears. Mm -hmm. And what it's basically saying is that we think we have forever, infinite time to do things or accomplish, to make that phone call to a friend, to achieve that goal. We put it off. We procrastinate as if we're immortal, like mm -hmm. time was forever. But when it comes to things that we're fearful of, that's when we're the most mortal. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of this. the stuff. <laughs> so if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland. Where am I going with this? Right. Yeah. No. Um, you gotta think this through. If you want to, no, be I, I, I like to do it like like moments before you do the introduction. I like to say. Can I just I like say, to think of it. You, you know? had too much Celsius this, this morning. I only had a couple sips. All right. Well. Right. You're on one right now. Um, it's funny because it looks like I'm wearing like a uniform on camera, but this is my paper plane shirt. Shout out to paper plane. Maybe there'll be a. a what are you a saying? Sponsor right for the, the the push podcast, <laughs> paper planes, the, the 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 clothing line. Uh huh. Yeah. Why does it look like a uniform though? Uh, just because it looks like I'm wearing like two badges, but it doesn't. It says, "Can you read what it says on my shirt?" No. Right here. Those with no imagination have no wings. Word. Uh, well, I, as long as you like that shirt, that's all that matters. Because it <laughs> does all that look like. That also, you know, I'm living, I'm living my authentic self. This is a shirt I really enjoy and love. Don't let me hold you back. Thank you. All right, I won't. Okay. All so right. moving on. Moving on. Uh, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to episode 168, I believe. Uh, do you have a what in the world? I do, but I'll let you go first. No, you go first. <laughs> I go first. Okay. So my what in the world is, so I've been trying to like stay abreast to like what's going on in the world. Right? Current, events. current events. So I, I, you know, give us some feedback. I would like to bring some current events to our show, like to make sure people like one keep up with things that are important, and mm -hmm. two maybe they want to hear our perspective on what's happening. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, one current event is the group. Was it? Is it um, the the K-pop group? Mm -hmm. Is it B two K? Oh no, that's that's the. That's okay, if you're gonna come with some news, you better be reporting it accurately because you don't. It sounds like you don't know what you're talking about. I think what is the name of that group? Is you're it, asking me questions uh, okay, about your okay, so the K-pop group Let that's me look really it up for you. super super famous. Uh, and while you're looking it up, uh, one of the um the the gentlemen in the group is is now of age where in South Korea he has to serve in the military. So I don't know if you know this, but in certain countries, young men are are required to serve a certain amount of time in the military, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they're going to be in war or anything like that, but they have to serve their country. BTS. BTS. I was close. No, you said B2K. Isn't that the other group? That's the that's the American group. Yeah. <laughs> so BTS, which I have no idea what that means, but 
Well, usually it means behind the scenes, but it means something else. It means sure. something else. But this is a this is like a, a big deal. I mean, they are uh, from what I've gathered before. They make a ton of money. They stimulate the you know, part of the um, the media economy in Korea. They're mm-hmm. a big part of that, and so people were saying that because of their contribution and what they do, mm-hmm. they should be excluded, excluded from that. Um, and that has not happened. And, no. and now they have to serve. You gotta go to war, they got to go to war. They got. You don't have to go to war, <laughs> but they have to serve. Yeah. And so I thought that was really interesting. It's like, could you imagine us like looking at like let's just say Justin Bieber, and you're mm-hmm. like, hey Justin, Sorry. I know your career is flying off. It's but, your turn, bro. But you're your up. turn. You got two. We got you got to put in two years. I don't know how. I think it's a year or something mm-hmm. like that. They got he has to serve, but uh, you can't make music. You got to go mm-hmm. to the military. So. What do you do? Do you do Muhammad Ali and you say, hell no, I'm not doing it? Or do you just kind of, you know, go in the direction of your national tradition? Are you asking what I would do? Yeah, because I think when I mentioned it, you said, can you flee? Yeah, <laughs> can, can you I leave? The country? <laughs> because cause I said, well, how do they know if you're like in the country? Obviously, I'm born in Korea. I have to serve if I'm a male. But how do they know if I like was born in Korea, but now I reside in London? Like yeah. I have dual citizenship. So do they yank me out of London? Like, how does that work? Right. Yeah. And you said, well, lots of Koreans are now moving to like America or another country having kids. So that way they have citizenship in that country. So they don't get drafted for the, the well, uh, military. No, what I'm saying is that people have moved here. And from what I have um, learned, it, even if you moved here and you had a young young male son that mm-hmm. moved out into the states mm-hmm. at a young age if they ever decided to go back and be a you know live in that city mm-hmm. as a citizen in in south korea they still would have to serve, serve as some capacity that's what i'm saying yeah. well, how do you know if i left though is there there's not a track i'm sure that there's me. a way they know you leave the country okay so is yeah. your what in the world the fact that this is the equivalent to us sending justin bieber yeah, military. it's like you got to do a year gotta, basic yeah. training. You got to do a basic training. You got to you got to you know you know learn Some how to use a weapon. Some would argue and say like it's your patriotic duty. duty. You know, everyone has to pull their weight. You're not special. Wait, didn't Elvis do that? Went into the war. Well, that's when we had a draft. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the same thing. Right. Korea just has forever drafts. Fair, for, right. Drafts. <laughs> right. Okay. So it's the same thing, I guess. Then America's not too far off. Yeah, but we don't necessarily draft anymore. And I, I guess you I, I come think, back with better music. Maybe you got some stuff to write about now. Maybe you have some. Yeah, you, know, you got some life experiences. I just think it's interesting that, like, uh, you know, in two thousand and twenty-two, getting ready to be two thousand twenty-three, mm-hmm. like this is still a thing, right? You like this. This is something that's important to them. That I'm sure you you break the law if you try to leave. Yeah. Um. Or and not do it. Like, it's it's a big deal. Well, so Jordan and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Like, she said, well, you know our generation is not going to sign up for the military. Like, we don't actively want to put ourselves in harm's way. We're not really that patriotic. Like, because they're so far removed from, like, the World War One, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they, right. they just don't have the same patriotism. And it means something different to them, right? And I was like, yeah, it's going to be real interesting because you guys might be part of a draft because everybody <laughs> like, is refusing. All right, yeah. yeah. I don't know how that's going to work, but, you know, I, I like to just... Draft dodging Gen Zers. Yeah. Yeah. I like to just think like, well, you know, they're going to be taking over their world and they'll create what, you know, will work for them. And I just get to sit here and be a part of it. And <laughs> there's that. Yeah. So that that's an interesting thing. I mean, we would have to go through a, 
a crazy war where they was go back to a draft. I think we've got a lot of people in the military right yeah. now. Yeah, I don't so. know. Um, I have a what in the world. Okay. Can we move on from your current we, event? We can. Remember, it's BTS. I think you should BTS. listen to some of their music while you can. Okay. Um, so my what in the world is I'm in the grocery store the other day, and the guy who's second ahead of me, he's paying. He goes, oh, hey, by the way, can I get a lotto ticket? Uh, for today is Powerball. Can I get a Powerball ticket for tonight's drawing? And he's very adamant about it. And so the lady says, okay, sure. He goes, make sure it's for tonight. Oh, right? Okay. okay. So then he's only buying beer and his Powerball ticket, right? right? So she hands him his Powerball ticket and she says, here you go. Now you can drink and dream tonight. <laughs> drink and dream. Drink and dream. And I thought, oh, that was thoughtful of her. <laughs> You can drink and dream tonight. Oh, my God. So he kind of chuckles about it. And then the guy goes next, you know, that's in front of me. And he goes, actually, I'll take a Powerball ticket, too. Make sure it's for tonight's drawings. Now, this is two people in front of me. And I'm like, they must know something I don't know. Right. So I said, well, how much is the Powerball? He goes, oh, it's like a half a billion dollars or something. You know, I always tell people you got to play to win. Right. So just, you know, spend a couple bucks. Well, I believe that you have to play to win. I said, so how often do you actually win? Yeah. Because do you play a lot? He goes, oh, yeah, I play all the time. I don't win very much, though. Like, I actually, he goes, I never win on Powerball or Lotto, but I win on the Scratchers. I was yeah. like, okay. And I'm just wondering for people listening, there's so much we could be spending our money on that has better odds of some sort of payout. But I remember when we were like super broke, it was like the only way out of this is to win Powerball, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I just thought, you know, that was funny. and then. I said, you know what? It's my turn. So I go up and I said, well, since they know something I don't, I'll take five Powerballs. Please make sure the drawing is for tonight. And she's like, okay. So that was that. I have one. What, did net. we win? No, I don't know. The tickets are still in my purse. Oh, my God. But I mean, maybe we're sitting on a half a billion dollars. Oh, my God. We could do a lot of things with the Push podcast if we are. <laughs> so then here's my other what in the world. And I, I need a poll on this. I need to know. I think it may be a cultural thing. Uh-huh. But I'm at Orange Theory, I'm at the gym, and the coach is welcoming people in. It's a group exercise. And the coach says, you know, hey, we got new treadmills. We haven't quite worked out the kinks. Whatever you do, do not log in on the treadmill. <laughs> he says this 18 times. Uh -huh. This is before the class has even started. So, you know, I'm on the treadmill next to Jordan. To my left, there's two empty treadmills. At the very last minute, the coach is still like shouting out, you know, whatever you do, don't log into the treadmills. Please don't log into the treadmills. So these two people get on to my left. And the guy goes to log in and I tell him, he said several times, don't log into the treadmills. He goes, oh, okay, okay, why? And I go, because there's an error message, like it'll mess up your whole treadmill. <laughs> right. So he, I watch his brain and he goes, I got to figure it out for myself. What happens if you do? And I go, what's well, going to, there's be an error on your treadmill. And he goes, I need to test it for myself. Pushes the treadmill. And all I could think of was anger. Like, like, I don't know if I felt like I was in class and we were disobeying the teacher, right. but we we're going against the rules simply because you want to see what happens. I just found that so strange. And in a an ethnic household, if your parents <laughs> told you whatever you do, don't touch that button. Right. You wouldn't push the button. Yeah. You just wouldn't say, you know what, mom, I got to see what happens for myself. And you right. push the button. It just would not happen. What do you think that comes from? You think it's like a some level of like 
is it a more of a level of curiosity or a level a level of entitlement that I don't have to really listen to the instructions? You know, I was triggered because I was asking myself, what is it? Is it a privilege? Is it entitlement? Because you heard him also say it eight times. And then I stopped you from doing it. And you still insisted that you had to figure it out for yourself. Yeah. And so what was even more alarming was the woman next to him, his girlfriend, wife, whatever. She didn't stop him. <laughs> I would have been so embarrassed if you would have said, I wonder what happens. I'd have said, don't touch the button, babe. Like I would have stopped you from doing something right. dumb. Right. Right. And I could have shut down the whole thing. Oh, could have like, just like it could have been a breaker. It yeah. could have been something that disrupted the whole class. I'm not going to lie. This is the pettiness in me. I wanted something bad to happen. <laughs> I did. Because it's like everyone else is following the rules. He literally is wasting his time saying not to do this if you just want to do it just to be curious. Yeah. I found that super odd. Yeah. I find that. Um, Am I the only one, though? Like, would that be like kind of triggering for you? Like, yeah. why do you have to touch it if you're being told if not to? If it would to? have ruined like I my wanted whole workout, it to. But if it would have ruined my workout right. because he did something that short circuited uh -huh. like the software of some sort. Yeah, then I would have had like a But you problem. didn't know if it was. Yeah, so you, you were no willing clue. to take that selfish chance just because your curiosity got the best of you and now everyone else's workouts ruined for the next 4 minutes while we recover from this. Yeah. I, that's what I found was a little bit selfish. Yeah, I feel like the, your anger comes out on those kind of things. Why is that? <laughs> it's cuz I'm a rule follower. I will say this, I'm a rule follower. To the point where if I'm on the freeway, I drive a little fast. I do speed. I've gotten my fair share of speeding tickets. Every single time someone zooms past us, what do I say? You say, I would never be able to get away with I'd that. I'd never be able to get away with that. But that's not a rule breaker. I think you feel like people, like there are th certain things that luck would have it that you just could not get away yeah. with and other people can't. If I would have pressed the button at Orange Theory, the whole place would have shut down. <laughs> A hundred percent. Okay, I'm done talking. So <laughs> today we're going to talk about death, and why are we talking about death? Um, because I think death is is a great motivator, right? So this kind of started because we ordered um, our 4K posters. I'm going to grab one. Okay. Um, so we were laying in bed, and and I and I saw this, and I was like, "That is really good." So if you're watching this on YouTube, um, you can see it. Yeah. So. This is called um, My Life in Weeks, and yeah. it's 4kweeks.com. You can use the code PUSHER, P-U-S-H-E-R, yeah. and you can order one for yourself. But basically, it's a calendar with 4,000 weeks on it, and you type in your birthday, and then it shows you how much of your life is actually gone right. and how much of your life you <laughs> have left. left. Now, here's the kicker. You can decide, I that one's yours. do I want to <laughs> live for 80 years right? or do I want to live for 100 I thought we should shoot big because I said in the last episode, my grandmother's 94 years old, so I'm probably going to be closer to 100. I'd rather come up short than run out of time. Wait, oh, so you would rather oh, order really? 100. Uh, I, I would. I don't, When you say you would rather. Oh, yeah, I guess. I, yeah. If you got your poster and your poster expired in 80, 80 years, then what? You're like, I yes, like, I got to the finish line. Now it's time for me to die. No, but I think psych to me, psychologically, when we were ordering, I was like, well, ordering for for 80. Mm -hmm. Right. Makes me feel like I'm actually predicting that <laughs> that's all I'm right. going to get. I don't. So I said, that. I said, you know, what? Well, let's go for 100. Right. And anything beyond 100. Can we just agree? That's bonus points for life. Like if you get past a hundred, oh, you're yeah. living off borrowed time. Like that's right. you know, you're like, hey, fun. you know what? This is fun. Mm -hmm. But 
one of the things that we thought about was like, wow, what kind of urgency does this, does this bring to your life? Seeing it visibly in this kind of place. I've never looked at my life in a kind of simplistic model like this where you're using dots that signify the amount of time that you've kind of used mm -hmm. and then the possible time you have left. So then we started talking about death and, and you know, and I have had um, a really great, I think, relationship philosophy. with death and mm -hmm. philosophy with death um, that um, I get this text message uh, five times a day and it says, don't forget, you're going to die, mm -hmm. right? And I've talked about this a little bit before that being a person that's very optimistic about life, sometimes it's an overstrength where you're so optimistic that you think, you know, things are going to work out, that you're going to, you know, you have plenty of time. But the reality is, is not, you don't. Mm -hmm. The reality is, is that you you don't know when it's going to end. And so a way of creating urgency in my life was thinking about the fact that how unpredictable the nature of death is. Right. So I want to be very clear what you just said. You said your watch actually alerts you five times a day. Hey, just a reminder, you're going to die. Right. And it's not morbid for you. It actually is inspiring for you. And you have this relationship around death that propels you or compels you to actually make quicker decisions and like take action in your life. Yeah, Is and, that what and, you said? And yeah, and kind of appreciate the moment. Right. Right. And so, so urgency, appreciating the moment, understanding that, uh, you know, nothing is promised mm -hmm. after today or after this moment, you know, who knows? I may not make it through this this conversation. Right. Hopefully, I do. Don't if, say that. Okay. <laughs> but that's something you just have to keep in mind. And so we would tease people because we have we have a friend Lisa Carpenter mm -hmm. who like I was telling about. And she goes, "Oh my god, that's so morbid." Well, no. What <laughs> happened was we were at a conference. Yeah. It was dark, and Lisa was sitting next to you, and she saw on your watch notification <laughs> that it said, "Reminder, you're gonna die." And she was like, what in the hell is that? So is it Eddie explains it to her. She gets emotional. Like, I don't want to be reminded that I'm yeah. going to die. Right. And right. so I guess the question to our viewers is like, how does that make you feel? Does it make you feel like you have an infinite amount of time? Does it to not think about it? Does it make you feel like, you know, life could be very short, so you better speed it up. And that's kind of what we're talking about in this episode today. So we ordered these calendars from 4K Weeks and basically it's a checkbox, right? So every Sunday, each box represents a week. Yeah. And they say on average, you'll live for 4,000 weeks. And my mine's almost halfway <laughs> gone. And so you got almost 2,000 um, weeks already booked. Yeah, not going to lie, though. I was like, oh, shit, I got a lot of stuff to do. Like, yeah. if, if each line represents a year, the lines don't look very big. And no. if I am checking off my box every single Sunday, we chose Sunday. That makes me feel like I got to get it together. Yeah. So like last week I was like, mm -mm, I'm not I'm not checking off that Sunday box until I know that I've accomplished something <laughs> by the end of the week. So and I think, you know, it's it it can play a big part. Like I think one of the questions I that came, comes up is is what would you do differently if you knew you were going to die tomorrow? Well, that's tricky because I think the first thing people think is like, well, I wouldn't go to work. Right. Right. And I'd spend all the money that I have and, you know, right. like I'd want to be with my family and like we can't operate every single day like we're going to die tomorrow. Because right. let's be real, if I was going to die tomorrow, I would not be recording a podcast. You wouldn't, right I would. I'd be right here doing oh, this because I love it. Get out of here. Right. <laughs> We'd be vacationing somewhere with our kids, right. you know, having a very special moment. So, But I think 
if you take it for like what the question is worth, right? Knowing that it's a good possibility you will live by Die tomorrow. No, oh. that you will survive for tomorrow. Okay. But understanding that does that change how you interact with people? Does it change how you interact with your goals? Does it change how you interact with uh, aspects of your life that you probably should take more time and be more thoughtful and more present with? Like, I think it would, it would, right? There's this quote that says, we often act as if we're immortal when it comes to our goals and desires, but we act like we're mortal when it comes to our fears. Mm-hmm. And what it's basically saying is that we think we have forever, infinite time to do things or accomplish, to make that phone call to a friend, to achieve that goal. We put it off. We procrastinate as if we're immortal, like mm-hmm. time was forever. But when it comes to things that are we're fearful of, that's when we're the most mortal, right? Mm-hmm. I, if I go in front of these people and speak, I'm going to die. Yeah. Like it's good, it feels like I'm going to die, right? Or if I make this huge choice, oh my God, it feels like I'm going to die, mm-hmm. right? Or I can't do it, 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 it paralyzes me with fear. And I think it just puts things in perspective of saying, hey, if you approach things like you know you're going to die, would it change how you, you respond and how quickly you do things? Mm. So I think that's super important. What do you think like the biggest regrets are when people are on their deathbed and they're at the end of their life and you're kind of reflecting. I mean, I don't know if most people die with the ability to reflect or if they just die in their sleep and they didn't know they were going to die or like, how do you think? I wonder what that statistic is. Do most people die probably not knowing that they're going to die? Like suddenly. Right? Right. Versus like, hey, I've been battling with cancer. I'm at the end of my road. Like it's going to come at any moment. Yeah. I guess the question is, I wonder what percentage of people because 100% of us will die. But I wonder what percentage actually have the ability to kind of think about and reflect on their life before they die. Yeah, that'd be interesting to know. Right? Because I think that it makes you think like, if you would you want that? Would you want something that's sudden and you didn't know what's going to happen? Or would you want to be able to reflect on your life and then know that it's coming? Like it's imminent. Like, hey, like you get a prognosis of saying, hey, you've got X amount of time to live. Would you prefer that or would you prefer something very sudden? And I think most people, I know that I would probably want to be able to wind things down. Well, I wonder, like if we took a poll, do you most people want to know if you're going to die, like when you're going to die? Or do you want to be surprised by it? Yeah. And I think the reason why I think most people would want to wind things down is because so they want to know they want to know from us and not and I'm not, I'm not saying like when we're talking about want to know, like I don't want to know that I'm going to die, you know, 45 years from now on this date. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want that. Like, mm-hmm. if, but if I know that I'm not doing well and I'm sick and I and they say, hey, you have two weeks to live, mm-hmm. I would rather get that than like not know at all and just drop dead, you know, in my sleep. Well, let me ask you a question. You have to pick one. Yeah. Do you want to know how you're going to die or when you're going to die? Oh, shoot. Um, Either when. I don't want to know either. Either when you can't (laughs) erase, you can't change. Like it's inevitable. Like so if I said you're going to die of cancer, knock on wood, you can't just immediately now like I'm vegan, I'm this. Like it's not going to avoid. Okay. This is God himself telling you. I think I think then when would probably be more beneficial to me. Mm, I'm so freaked out about this question. I asked it myself. 
I think I'd want to know how. But then I'm jacked up because it's like you get hit by a bus. Yeah. Like, if, like, if God, when said, this bus if God himself said, you know, you're going to die being hit by a bus. Yeah. But I can't avoid it. Every single time I cross the street, I'd be thinking about, is this the time? Is right. this the time? So I'd freak myself out. Yeah. You'd probably stay in the house and never go anywhere because you're like, you know, yeah, you know, but know. then like if you go, OK, well, you got to know the date and it's like, oh, Janelle's going to die when she's 83 years old. Does that does, does that it, change how uh, you approach it? Oh, thank God I got some time. Right. <laughs> but then like he didn't tell me, well, you're going to die when you're 83. But for the last 20 years of your life, you're going to be like, okay. oh, this is bad. This is bad. This is not what the episode's well, about. No, it's not about. It, fearing death no no it's not it, but it's about embracing it and utilizing it because to your benefit to your benefit because you, you mentioned in the last episode like like that's the one thing we have promised like we know everybody's going to die now trust me there are, are advancements in technology that may even be coming to a place where that may not be the truth anymore because of the fact that we have ways of rejuvenating cells and we have that's going to be forever from now though. Uh, you'd be surprised. Is with that the sacrilegious? If you're like, ah, you know what? I just decided I'm going to opt out of that. I know that God has promised everybody on the planet that eventually they will die, but I'm going to just say, I think it depends on how you interpret religion. Like if somebody says that, Hey, if God gave you the idea, then that was God's will for you never yeah. to die. But I do think that when we get to a society where no one dies, and I don't think the society can sustain it. Do you think but we will? I do think that we will be able to prolong our lives far longer than we are doing it now. And not only that, I think that we will be able to reverse aging to a certain extent. Yeah. But I'm with the advancements that. we have. So, but with now being the case that you, we are going to die, we're going to get old. To your question, so Bronnie Ware wrote a book called The Top Five Regrets of Dying. Mm -hmm. Of the dying, sorry. And, and so Bronnie Ware is a nurse. Brian, Bronnie Ware was an, a hospice nurse mm -hmm. and basically took account of what people said before they died. And mm -hmm. so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about like the five things he mentioned. And it makes you want to, and I hope that people listen to this and they reflect in their own lives and see where does this like resonate with them and where maybe some adjustments and changes need to be made. Uh, because you don't want to die with, and usually if, if someone has regrets, then it's something that's plagued them, but they didn't do anything about it, mm -hmm. right? It's like things are in your mind right now that you know you're going to regret mm -hmm. that you need to take into action now. Right. So the first one is, I wish I had the courage to live a true, a life true to myself, not the life others expected me to live. Mm. How does that resonate with you? Um, I mean, I think I live my life, but I do think that women in particular are people pleasers and that stems from, you know, we have a friend goalie who, when she was a little girl, wanted to be an attorney. Her mom was an attorney, went to law school, her parents helped her. And then she became an attorney and realized I fucking hate this job. Yeah. Right. And sat there for years, not taking action to be her true authentic self. Why? Because that would make her a fraud. That'd make her a liar. She'd disappoint her family. Like, so basically you wind up living a life that you are miserable in because you want to protect the people that are closest to you that you love. Yeah. I think of so many situations like that. Um, we watched a movie, Jordan and I, the other night, and it was called The Luckiest Girl Alive, and it had uh, Mila Kunis in it. Mm -hmm. And she basically had like this really traumatic um, high school thing that happened. And then now she's like pushed it aside and has chased the life that she's always wanted. So she's got this like 
pedigree, soon to be husband. She's getting ready to marry. He makes a ton of money, comes from wealth. Um, they live this beautiful life, you know, everything she's ever wanted. But in the end, she's like, I am a fraud, basically. Like, I am only wanting to check this box off with this man because these are all the things that I didn't have that I thought that I needed or wanted. So that'd be another example of you wanting to live a life for someone else or expectations, but it's not really true to what you want. Yeah, that's I only caught the tail end of that movie, but like... One of the things he says is that this is, was the most common regret of all, mm-hmm. right? And when Living people, for other people. Yeah, and when people realize that their life is almost over, they look back clearly on it, and it is easy to see how many dreams had gone unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. And like I think to your point, like we're talking about goalie, like we get caught up in the life that others wanted us to live, and it's not really true to how we want to live our lives. And then there are dreams and aspirations that just go unfulfilled. And to live that entire life and you live to be, I think the worst thing is beyond like knowing how you die or when you die, but having to live with the regrets, the things that you know you should have done. Yeah. That's a powerful thing. So I think if we're framing this in a way that could be helpful for the listeners, ask yourself like, who are you living for? Like, what do you need more courage around when it comes to living a life that is fulfilled in a way that fulfills you, right? That makes you happy. So lots of moms out there living for the sake of their kids, like trying to live vicariously through their kids' accomplishments. Like what would it take for you to be more courageous and be true to you and what makes you happy? And even though you're a mom or even though you're a business owner or a wife or whatever title you have, what could you do to also be courageous and live the life that makes you happy? Yeah, and, and this is a good Steve Jobs quote. He says, I have looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I am about to do today? And whenever that answer has been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. Yeah. And so I think that that's a really good like way of doing that. Yeah, is every single day going to feel like, hey, this is exactly what I want to do. But mm-hmm. if it's too many days in a row, then that means you're living a life that you don't really want to live. Yeah. And I think that that means you know, you've got to be true to yourself. And I know that we have an episode we're going to talk about, about, about being your authentic self, because I think that that is the hardest thing for people to do these days. And because of all the things that are around us, all the pressures and all the external things that kind of play a huge part in that. So I think that one's good to be number one. Yep. The next one, um, I'm a little, uh, I don't know about this one, but it says, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. That's I think 100% of people would say that. Well, like everyone thinks they work hard, right? But if you are an entrepreneur, some sort of business owner, you've got side hustles, you're trying to make something for your family. Maybe you're trying to break like generational curses when it comes to finances. I think there's a certain hustle mentality that our culture has created that leaves everybody feeling like every day they're not doing enough. Right. Right. And so we're already feeling overwhelmed. I think when you fast forward and you're sitting on your deathbed, what would one of your regrets be that I didn't focus so much on work and work so hard? I think 100 percent of people would probably say that. Yeah. And she said that this came up mostly for for males. Mm -hmm. Right. But the reason why I was kind of like, I'm not sure about this because and I had to read a little bit further. But what she was saying is that 
people were talking about how they miss so much of their children's youth mm -hmm. and then their partner's companionship. Mm -hmm. So I get that. Mostly guys. So I would almost reframe that like I wish I wouldn't have like sacrificed so much time away from family. Mm -hmm. But I do think that like part of the things that you will regret is that you didn't work hard, mm -hmm. right? So like that's when I read that I was like, I don't know if I totally get that. Now mm -hmm. I do get the part of like missing out on things mm -hmm. because I loved seeing our kids do things, uh, whether they were in performances, even though some of the times the performances weren't like super exciting, mm -hmm. but, but then they got into things that were really, really interesting. And so those things that were really am amazing moments that I'm glad we had the autonomy to get to those things. But I do think that if you live a life that doesn't have great purpose, you probably don't show up and work really hard at producing things for society or for yourself. And you may regret saying, I took too many days off. I mean, I agree with you, but also you're kind of the exception, I think, though. You love what you do. You love the company you work for. You love the work that you get to perform every day. So maybe you're okay with like missing the occasional, you know, swim meet or whatever, because you feel like you're a good enough father, mm. right? Mm -hmm. But like, let's be real, the times where you were missing something, I was there. Right. So you didn't have to carry the burden of that, right? Right. right. If I was dead and you were the only one caring for the kids and you've got three daughters, I think it would hit a little different if you missed a couple of those things. Right. Even though you love what you do and you're trying to be purposeful and fulfilled right. on your own in your career i think you'd be kind of ridiculous to not feel bad about missing some of that so yeah no and i guess the, i guess that's the way that it was worded though as far as working hard i thought okay well, i get the working hard piece or i, I get the missing out on things uh -huh. i would definitely regret that what i'm saying is is that i do think that if i did not work hard I would regret not working hard because I knew that it meant that I missed out on opportunities or I didn't reach my potential. Well, I think this is a great conversation for why we're all so different, right? Yeah. Like for me, I have a tendency to be a workaholic. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it speaks to me and resonates with yeah. me. Like I've had to hire coaches to explain to me like, hey, just because you grew up from zero to 30 in survival mode and that has worked for you, that doesn't mean you have to continue living in survival mode and constantly being a hustler, right? right. Whereas you said, you know, you need to be reminded of death so that way you could be pushed to actually get some stuff accomplished. Right. I think that we're different people and mm. different things are going to resonate with us, just like with our listeners, yeah, right? Yeah. Someone, like, it sounds to me like you gave two examples of top regrets. So so one is I wasn't true to myself, didn't meet my life's expectations. That really resonates for you, right? The one out of the second one, which is I wish I hadn't worked so hard to me really resonates with me. Me working hard reminds me of like relationships I haven't nurtured. It reminds me of like the cost that it's taken me for success, right? right. And so I think that all of the listeners, there's to be different things that resonate with them. I think that that's what makes this list really cool. So moving on to three, number three on the list is I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. That's interesting because I think that like they all kind of align in a sense, but expressing your feelings, I think there are many people who have strong resolve around things, but they because of the fact that they are not authentic to themselves, that they're pleasing people, then they swallow it. They yeah. suppress it and they don't necessarily, no one really knows how they feel about things. And I think a good way to know if you fall in this bucket 
is if you really don't know truly what you want passionately. Okay. And what I mean by that is this, is that sometimes like when you express yourself and you constantly express yourself, like you kind of discover what matters to you. Okay. And when you find out the things that matter to you, then I think you find out how you can make those things come often, more often or less often, right? So say if I, if I, if what matters to me is being able to uh, provide for my family mm-hmm. and, and create amazing moments and I express the disappointment and I want to, that to happen more often, but maybe I'm not in a really good place, then I probably would show up differently because that emotion is something I express consistently and it would hopefully move me into action. Mm-hmm. Where if I suppress it, I'm like, well, I just don't have it. Well, and I, and, and I don't express my feelings then I probably don't get the thing that I want most. Mm. So again, you're going back to pushing yourself into hard work and I'm going back into a different (laughs) area because for me, when I say I wish I had the courage to express my feelings, I think of all of the people out there who are people pleasers who put their own feelings on the back burner in order to maintain peace with the people they love, right? Right. So I'm unhappy with my husband. I hate the way he does this. Um, That makes me feel this way. I hate that. I feel like my kids take advantage of me. I hate that. I'm not courageous enough to start the business. I hate that. You know, like all these feelings that you're suppressing because you don't want to rock the boat. You're a peacekeeper. You want to make everyone else happy. That's a miserable life. But I see so many women in particular living that life. Yeah. And I think that the kind of the definition here that was in the book that I think kind of expresses both what we're saying is many people suppress their their feelings in order to keep peace with others. As a result, they settle for mediocre existence and never become who they were truly capable of becoming. Uh, Many develop illnesses relating to bitterness and resentment they carried as a result. Yeah, agree with that. Like, can you imagine you're sick because you're sick of not getting, like going after or expressing yourself? Like, some I was talking to someone and they were so frustrated that tears are running down your Mm -hmm. eyes and they were just, it was filled with frustration. And I asked them, I said, you know, what is the opposite of frustration, right? And where or where does the root of this frustration come from? And they they thought about all these different things. I said, but at the end of the day, where does it come from? Mm-hmm. And it comes from lack of communication. Yeah. Right? I hate Typically that word. we are frustrated because we have not communicated what we truly feel and, and express ourselves to others because of certain reasons like that. They want to keep the peace or you want to please everyone. You want mm-hmm. to put everyone first. And I think that's what you're speaking to as far yeah. as mothers. Like, I want to put everyone first. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, being bitter and resentful, resentful towards those people, is it worth it? Yeah. I, I mean, I think people think that there's like a badge of honor that you get for keeping the peace. Example would be we've talked many times on the podcast about like marriage and like what's healthy for us. And that is renegotiating the contract, right? Like, hey, I started a business. I know I normally cook, but I'm going to need your help. So right. can you step it up? Right. And for whatever reason, there are unspoken expectations in a marriage, in a relationship where one person's unhappy about something, but in order to maintain the peace and the harmony, they don't want to talk about right. it. Right. That has happened with us, you know, with money. You don't want to talk about money because it makes you feel some type of way, but also like 
you're just trying to keep the peace. That's right. avoidance, right? right? So I think that this is a big one. Um, and I do think that we need to be better communicators. But if people are telling you, like if Bronnie Ware is telling you, who's an author of a book, saying that most people on their deathbed said they wish they had the courage to speak up and express their feelings, I think that needs to be a lesson for us. Yeah, 100%. Like, and I teach the girls, like closed mouths don't get fed. People are not mind readers. They don't know what you need. Most often... When you're upset because someone's not giving you what you need, what you need, you don't even know what you need. Right. And so figuring out how to articulate that and, you know, not be a closed mouth, um, I think would be something that you should strive to live like a more purposeful life. Yeah. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And you said that you've definitely been guilty of this. I've been guilty of this. For people, I'm thinking of like my grandmother, you know, people who've had full, rich lives still saying like, this is something I regret, like letting go of friendships, not nurturing them, not showing up, not uh, making them a priority. I think if you're in this, the age of like 25 to 30 and you've started a family of your own having kids, you know, now you're in the rat race of taking them to gymnastics, soccer, whatever it is that they do until those kids are 18, you're not going to have a lot of time. <laughs> and so it's easy for you to not, you know, be in the habit of nurturing relationships and showing up for relationships that are important for you. And I've been guilty of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I've tried to, and, and I'm not always good at it, but I've tried to like really make sure that I don't let the kind of mental exhaustion of work and, and all the different things that we do take me away from having a bandwidth of space to say, hey, I need to reach out to these friends. Mm -hmm. I need to have a conversation or even some family members that I just need to make better choices when it comes to nurturing those relationships because it's not easy. But I think it's you've gotten good at it this year. Yeah. I think yeah. prior to that. And the only reason you got good at it was because it was a commitment that you made to yourself. Yeah. So here you are in your 40s trying to get better. <laughs> good thing you got hopefully half of your life left. Right. But if someone else is listening to this and you're in the thick of what I just explained, in the thick of raising kids, in the thick of paying a mortgage, trying to get ahead, trying to start the business, it's really difficult. But I do think that we can embrace friends at different levels. Mm -hmm. So, for example, uh, when we started bodybuilding, right, I maybe didn't have a lot of time to reach out to my friends from high school or junior high school, but I was able to nurture new relationships with people in that stage of our lives that were helping us like achieve different things, right? right. And so through fitness, we made friendships and connections and that was a lot of fun, right? right. And then through like career advancement opportunities, you go to conferences, you get promoted at work and you're in new rooms making those friends and realizing that at different stages, you will have different friends and that's okay. Yeah. Right. I think my sister Richland always says, oh, no new friends, no new friends. Right. And I don't want anybody to close themselves off to when you have advancements in life, you're going to have different stages of friends. Yeah. And I, this is something that came up for, for my friend group. It's like, you know, you want to have a nucleus of friends that grounds you mm -hmm. because hopefully you have tremendous success in your life and hopefully you are in these different rooms mm -hmm. and you get to surround yourself with new thoughts and new ideas and new voices and new influences and all those different things. And as you progress in life, you can really get to a place where you feel you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Mm -hmm. But the, it's the, the best thing is to get amongst a, a bunch of friends who knows 
people who knew like who you were mm-hmm. and, or they knew certain aspects of yourself that you probably don't take to work every day mm-hmm. and they can ground you with jokes or references to the past of saying don't get too uh, ahead of yourself mm-hmm. like this is you the same dude that did this right right and i think those are great things because i think that if you don't have that and then you can get surrounded by people that maybe really appreciate you or like we have tons of students that like you know they they send so much admiration and they have such high re- they hold us in high regard mm-hmm. because of the things that we do to help them that can get to go to your head mm-hmm. right you can get to a place where you think that you have all the answers mm-hmm. but you need some grounding friends to kind of say okay yeah. liberty bring you back to earth so i think that those things are super important yeah so staying in in touch with your friends is important uh, just before we wrap this up though my grandmother i told you she's 94 she said that at 94, she lives a really fulfilled life because she's got her family, grandkids, but she's also very lonely because she said the bulk of everyone I know has died. Damn. That's like yeah. a hardcore, right? So like my grandfather died decades ago. She meets like a new love of her life in the like, you know, what someone yeah. consider like the third quarter of her life. He dies. She's basically outlived everyone. She's yeah. outlived every best friend. Every childhood friend, most of her family, all of her lovers. And that's a tough place yeah. to be in, right? Yeah. And I haven't, and I don't think you have either, like, had the emotion of losing a friend. Like, I don't like, want that. Yeah. Right that's, now. that's, I know it's <laughs> yeah. a tough thing to think about because I think, I think you would probably relate it to losing a family member. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where it could definitely happen. But it's almost shocking, especially when you're in our age. So, yeah. No, no, no. So, last thing, really quick, my friend Marcella, we didn't go to the same high school, but around the same time, she said that uh, her high school had a 30 year reunion recently. And at the tables, sporadically throughout the, you know, reunion, there were pictures of people that had passed away and didn't make it to the 30 year reunion. And she said there was a lot. That's crazy. And I was like, wait, what? Like, we're at that age where people are starting to die now? She said there were quite a few. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of like a big eye-opener. Like, you better get it together. You better eat healthy. You better start working out. Like, you know. And and I think this is, and last thing I'll say is this is the thing that I think, like, people make so many excuses, mm -hmm. right? I'm busy. You're busy. Like, you say that people say, (laughs) and we had this conversation that people say, Oh, you just look so busy. That's why I don't reach out. Yeah. And I said, that's an excuse. Well, like, okay. I have a couple friends I won't put on blast on the podcast because <laughs> that's not my intent. But every single time I see them, I'm like, oh my God, we should hang out. They're like, oh God, I, you know, we went to the movies, had a girls night out the other night. I didn't invite you though because you're always so busy. Or yeah, let I, me decline. <laughs> let me tell you I'm busy. Like it's you didn't like even give me the opportunity, <laughs> right? So right. then you said that's a lie. Yeah, I said, that's and then a lie. I never considered that. I said, Well, what do you think? She doesn't like me? And no. you said, No, I just think that I think people are socially lazy. I think that people You think she forgot about me? Uh, it, it's possible. Like I think Well, you just changed my whole life because well, I thought I, I, I don't think her. people open up in their phone when they go to invite people out and uh-huh. they go, oh, I'm not gonna invite them, they're busy. Like I have busy friends that, you know, I don't open up my phone and say, I was going to call you, but I thought I can imagine how busy you are. So I did decided not to, Hmm. to me, it doesn't necessarily jive. I I don't think that that's the case. I think people forget. 
I think people, instead of just saying, hey, you know, I totally forgot to invite you. So right? you think that I was the forgotten friend who she doesn't really like? Well, I do think that you fall out of people's routines if they constantly like are hanging out with a certain group and they just, maybe at first they say, oh, she's always busy, but now you're out of their routine. So you just kind of get forgotten. Well, I agree with that. Like when I'm same is for me, like if I fall out of routine of constantly talking to you, then you're not going to be top of mind. Yeah. And so I think that it's good right now for people listening to this. If you have someone that's a friend that has fallen out of your routine, just reach out to that yeah. person and say, hey, I, we've fallen out of a routine of connecting. Yeah. And so I want to like change that. So I don't make up a lie that you're so busy. Right. That- I, I'm floored right now that you think she lied to me. Yeah, they, people lie. That is crazy. It's like someone told me the other day they couldn't come to work because they had a stomachache. I'm like, what stomachache lasts forever? Like, I what mean, stomach- that is a different comparison. That's not even a comparative like, I'm just topic. saying people like socially, they they float little white lies for whatever reason. I'm blown away right now. Like literally, she's like, you'd always look so busy. You know, one week you're no. in Scotland, one week no. you're here. So I gobbled it up, and now you're telling me that she just doesn't like me. No, I, I, they, I didn't say they didn't like you. I said that, that that's you, how I you, feel. You've fallen out of the social routine, and so yeah. since you've fallen out of the social routine, it's far more polite to say to put it on you. But you, like, think about what somebody's saying. Just because you you are so busy, I decided not to invite you mm. because well, for I just, anybody listening, I, I have predicted if you're your not schedule. inviting me because you think I'm busy. Then Eddie thinks you're a liar. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you know, me. I don't think that you're lying to be an awful person, but you're lying to be polite. Oh, so then tell me the real reason why you didn't right. invite me. And if you and if somebody dies tomorrow, you get to live with that burden that you lied. No, oh so my good. god. Okay, wrapping it up. Number five on the list of regrets is I wish I had let myself be happier. Yeah, I, this one is I think is a hard one for people. Okay. So many do not realize until the end that happiness is a choice. Yeah. I think that is a reminder tr- we need to give people all the time. And that is triggering for people, mm-hmm. right? Because I think most people hear that and they go, you're telling me I have the choice to be happy. Mm-hmm. And we're saying you do. You do. You right? probably are just choosing to stay stuck in bad habits and thoughts and patterns and things like that. So the so-called comfort or familiarity overflow into emotions as well as their physical lives. Um, Fear of change maybe has you pretending to others and to yourselves. And basically, you're just not content deeply, right? So you longed to laugh properly and have silliness in your life, but you just didn't do it. Yeah. Here's the thing. No one wants to take responsibility for the misery that they go through. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's easier and far more comfortable it. to blame the situation and the causes for why how you feel this way. And because you've done that, there's no way you're going to take responsibility for your happiness because then at the same time, when, once you say, I take responsibility for my happiness, you're also to have to, you, on the reverse of that, at adverse of that, you have to take responsibility for your sadness. Yeah, I mean, I can equate it to something funny that happens in my household all the time. For example, right before this podcast, I wanted to pour myself a cup of coffee. I go to take one of my mugs out and realize all of my mugs have been broken. That's a shame. And they're gone. And so 
I turned to my husband, who happens to be the only person in the house, and I said, this is why I hate living here. <laughs> I hate living here because the people I love most ruin all the stuff that I cherish, right? right? So one day, everybody's going to be gone, and I'm going to have all my coffee cups in my fucking cabinet, and then I'm going to be lonely. <laughs> yes, so I'm mad <laughs> because you guys won't take care of my stuff. I can't appreciate you and love you and be happy while you're here, but I'm going to be really upset when you're <laughs> but, all gone. Right. right. So but it's a, a funny thing. Cupboard full of glasses. Right. I'll have a cupboard full of glasses. My tweezers will be in my makeup bag because my kids won't take them. None of my facial products will be left open or used, right? Without me using them. So one day I'm going to have all the things I ever dreamed of, but I'm going to be lonely as hell. Right. So that's a funny example to show you like, I'm still responsible for laughing and joking and loving my family and being happy, but I'm not happy every time one of you breaks one of my dishes or doesn't put shit back where you should and I got to pick it up. And that's a hard thing, I think, for like full-time moms that are caring and providing for a family. And it's a joke, but it's not. Like it's a hard, any mom listening can relate to this. Like I'm constantly shoveling out, you know, home cooked meals, but no one does the damn dishes. Like I asked Jordan the other day, why the hell do you take my spoons out of my house? I just want to (laughs) know. I would never under any circumstances take my gold spoons out of the house to eat cereal from a styrofoam cup on my way to school just wouldn't do it why do you disrespect my spoons (laughs) and so it's a funny example to say you are in charge of your own happiness but i don't think you realize that until the problems are gone or you're out of it or you've overcome it and so find some humor in some things yeah and one last quote i'll I'll leave you with is good it says it takes a whole life to learn how to die Mm. and i think that all of the things all these five things when it comes to the things you regret i think that it may take you a long time to kind of put them all together to get them to a place where you don't have them as a regret. But that means that you have to live a full life and think about all the different elements and be present in this world. And so this is why I think it's so important because like sadness, regret, frustration, all of those emotions, every negative emotion that we feel is based on what has already happened. Mm. And so every time we feel those things, we are reliving them in our mind somehow. But at the same time of doing that, we are now removing the present moment from our consciousness, yeah. which allows you to be mindful around the relationships, being yourself, you know, keeping, understanding your career aspirations, expressing yourself, right? Like, attending to relationships, all those things now you can't do because you're constantly living in this place of sadness and and depression. So I think that this is like thinking about death, I think helps move consciousness to the forefront so that you can live a life that's full. Yeah. How many more minutes do we have? Because I just want to speed around something with you real quick if we have time. We have like two, three minutes. Okay. When you die, do you want to be cremated? Cremated. Okay, perfect. Um, Do you have your things in order? Like if you die today, we know where money is. I know the answers to this, but I'm asking the viewers, listeners now, like, do you have things in order or does your death become a huge burden for those who love you the most? And then the last thing I'll say is like, uh, you have to talk about what happens when you die. My friend Marcella was talking to me about like, hey, out of curiosity, do you have everything in order? Because 
She's kind of like a type A control freak. She said, I want to know what flowers are going to be there. I want to know what kind of food people are going to be eating. And I want to pay for all of it yeah. because I want to control things, right? And most importantly, she doesn't want her grieving family to have to deal with that right. in her absence, right? So I had to remind her just to let you know, like, they want to plan something that will help them grieve. So just because you want to have a party, that may not be how your kids want to grieve your death, right? Right. But I think that this is an important conversation to sit down with the people that will be uh, grieving the loss of you when and if you leave, because the last thing you want to do is burden them with a bunch of BS that they shouldn't have to be figuring out how to pay for your funeral in your absence. So you could be paying 15 or $20 a month for funeral insurance. Right. And then everything is paid for when you die. You could be working right now to pay for your plot if you want to be buried, your, you know, casket, whatever. I feel like that we have to stop passing that along to the people who love us the most, especially as we get older. We don't want our kids to have to cough up all this money to figure out how to bury their parents. They're going to be spending time trying to grieve and figure things out. The last thing I want to be is bur a burden financially on them. Yeah. So get your stuff in order. Get, your, get yourself in order. Yeah. So uh, if it, yeah. this episode was I want was succulents helpful. instead of flowers because you can replant those suckers okay. everywhere else. That's Oh, that's good to know. I'm See? proud of you. I do too. I don't want you wasting flowers. Oh God. <laughs> so if this episode was enlightening for you, if it was informative, if you got something out of it, please take a couple seconds, leave us a review on Apple, um, iTunes. I don't even know. Spotify. Yeah. However you get your um, podcast. And then if you want to get one of these 4K Weeks posters, you can go over to 4kweeks.com and use the code PUSHER, P-U-S-H-E-R. You can get 15% off. And I want to see your calendar because every Sunday we're going to be ticking off a box. Yeah. That means we'll be one one step closer to death and you will be too whether you have the calendar or not and they come so. in different sizes so you don't have to get the full yeah. poster if you've got if you want a little small one you can do that so thanks for listening and we'll see you guys in the next episode push through thank you for listening to the push podcast hey we want to hear from you so if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through you got to do something for us you got to go to apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review and in that review go ahead and leave that question with your instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question and we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that hey this particular podcast is made for you so leave a rating leave a review you leave your handle and until next time push through